Travi, Jordash, happy Wednesday. How are you guys? Happy Wednesday, Drew. How are you, sir? Doing good, doing good. Travi, it's been a little bit since you've uh, you've joined us on Wednesday, so I'm pumped to have you here. I think uh, I think Fanzo might be joining us a little bit. I think he just texted us and said that he's at uh, one of his daughter's sporting events, but uh, hopefully he'll be uh, able to join in a little bit. Jordash, what's up, man? what's going on man happy wednesday happy wednesday dude both of you it was so good hanging out in new york um travi we met in person before jordash we haven't we got a lot of time spent together and uh man it was one of the highlights for me to, to spend some time with you and uh <laughs> sober and and maybe a little bit buzz talking about business and business concepts and ideas and uh man i just felt like we could have done a couple more weeks and gone back and forth forever but uh it was a pleasure to spend some time with you guys yeah. Yeah, man, it was uh, it was good times, and you know, the best ideas come when you have some some alcohol in you, man. So that's why you guys got to <laughs> get the juices flowing for sure. But uh, there's there's so much that uh, I'm glad that you're both here. There's there's a lot of things that I feel like we've chatted, we we texted over the last couple of days, but um, there's a lot of things happening in the space, and so I'd love to have a conversation with you and, and have Fanzo's insights when he comes into. But um, the reason why. And Travi, I know I'm kind of dropping this. I'm sure you saw the title before you hopped on. But uh, one of the things that I want to tie back to you specifically, and this is because I know that you have a good relation and you respect him. But, dude, Spotty Wi-Fi is all about the Pepe coin. I don't know if you've seen that, but he's, like, hosting spaces. He's hosting radio spaces. And uh, he's been doing, like, almost every day. I feel like every day I hop on and I see him. Um, I see him just hosting for the vibes and for the community. Have you seen that? I have. I have. Um, I haven't messaged him directly about this, but I've definitely seen it. And it's something that um, just having followed him uh, over the last couple of years since his first um, NFT uh, music release came out, it's not really something that, um, you know, he's been known to do. So that's why I've actually taken a little bit more notice to it. Um, I think that for what I, I, I listen I'm I'm not gonna lie. I have I haven't looked too deeply into exactly the benefits and utility and use cases uh, with the, with the Pepe coin or anything like that. But I can tell you, I've never seen him so um, outspoken about something uh, like that. So um, yeah, I don't know. He he seems to really like it. I've listened to a couple of the spaces, but I don't know. I just think that he wants to form a community around it. But other than that, I don't know much about it. And I know he he doesn't give financial advice per se. And I, I know even speaking with him, he, he's like, he even said the only financial advice he gives is buy low, sell high. So, uh, you know, that being said, yeah, man, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people in the crowd, a lot of people listening who probably did get their hands on some Pepe and, and probably are celebrating their own wins over the last week. That's it's honestly, it's the thing that surprised me the most is because, you know, he's, um, I would say protective of his brand, certainly like i think him being like uh you know he's obviously made a huge name for himself he's able to collaborate with some of the biggest names in in music and uh he it seems like he feels like he has a responsibility in the nft space like most of us do like when we come in here and we're the builders or uh maybe we came in a year earlier than most people that we feel like we have this responsibility to um you know make sure that the truth and is is very very uh well we say consistent with things but we also protect people right and so i felt that too which is why i was like super shocked like hop on the space and he's like i've seen tweets where he's like you'll never see me you know promote something you'll never see me promote of course not promoting a pump and dump or anything like that but even like any coins or nfts in general 
And um, <laughs> he was like really, really shilling this thing. And um, I don't know. It was interesting to me because I knew that you'd be interested in knowing that he was pushing you and there had to be something there. But um, when you talk about like use case utility, like, man, I, I don't know if there are like, I don't know if there are use case utility to even some of the meme coins that have done really well in the past and maintained a certain level of success with like Doge and Shiba coin and, um, you know, the hundreds of derivatives that came after that. And um, so that's what interests me the most about this whole like, I understand that there's money to be made. I understand that there's uh, rewards to be early. But I think the the biggest thing for me to understand is, and this is something that I tweeted out the other day, that it, it really truly is the attention economy, right? Because the more eyes that these things get, the more awareness people have of them, the more it's talked about, then it becomes culturally relevant at that point. And then once it's culturally relevant, then that's where things start to kind of shift for me. And, um, you know, if you were in the first couple of days, I mean, I think this coin has only been out for like a week. And uh, what's what's fascinating to me is people feel like they already missed the boat. And I'm kind of sitting back and thinking, um, listen, it's only been a week. Nobody on my feed. Well, I won't say nobody because I was just talking on Spaces like yesterday, the day before that. It's the first time I actually saw something on Facebook about somebody that I know has nothing to do with NFTs and Web3 asking what Pepe coin is. And so I was like, okay, maybe it's starting to kind of infiltrate uh, into the normal world. And so my thought process now, and I've never, I've never really dove into these like shit coins or altcoins or uh, meme coins. I held, I, when I first got into crypto in general, it was 2017, I was buying Litecoin and that pretty much <laughs> held its value over the last like, uh, six or seven years and it hasn't really done much and my thought process is if i actually invested into something else that did have a lot more upside over these last few years um you know that's where people are accumulating a lot of wealth and opportunities and um you know when we look at people collecting hundreds of nfts or maybe like high value nfts um, a lot of these people aren't putting in a ton of liquidity you know from you know, buying ETH right now, a lot of them are just converting their their little crypto fortune into something else that's maybe a little bit more stable or something that gives them, you know, true utility and value. And so that's kind of how I'm approaching this whole Pepe coin. Um, I'm not full, full-time blasting it. I think it's, I think we're early. I think it's massively early, right? And it's not on Coinbase. It hasn't made it to some of these big exchanges where people can easily, uh, you know, trade, convert, buy, sell, you know, for it. So um, it's just interesting to me, but I saw, um, well, I'll get, oh, Tess dropped down for a second, but Jordash, I'm kind of curious, have you kind of jumped into this realm at all? And I know, uh, I know you think I'm crazy for some of the meme plays, but there has to be something here with the attention economy, right? With just the ability for it to circulate and, and generate awareness and, and have people want to participate in it. Yeah, there's, there's, so I can answer the question, Travi, there's zero utility on this. Yeah, point. I just want you to know uh, it was, the, it was very tongue in cheek when I, when I said, Okay. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. There's no utility. And, and, but, but this just proves, you know, and this, and we've seen this happen over and over again, right? Like, you know, if you can create attention, you can create, you know, demand, right. You can create value. Right. And that's all that's happening right now. And you got to think about it where it's, um, you know, I think they had, it was in the first few days, I think there was like 1.5 million tweets with Pepe in it. And, you know, when you can create that, create that amount of, uh, attention, you're going to, you're going to get eyeballs and people are going to jump in. Um, personally, I've I've played around in the altcoin space here and there. Um, you know, I've, I've allocated some some of my portfolio to that, 
And you just got to, my experience, and this is not financial advice, um, you know, sell before you think you need to sell is what I would just encourage you to do. Because the reality that it comes down to this is you need to, there's a lot of things you got to look at, right? And, you know, I, I'll, I'm, I didn't jump into Pepe. I, I I found out or I started paying attention to it later than I, um, than I wanted to, if I wanted to actually jump into an altcoin like this, um, I have certain criteria that I look for, whether it's market cap, whether it's number of holders, et cetera, and these things, um, because somebody's going to be exit liquidity for this at some point in time. And that's, I agree, um, you know, Drew, with what you were saying with, uh, with Spotty, you know, I, I, I was shocked to see him in his all cap tweets um, talking about Pepe as well, because I think it's, um, it's a lose lose situation for him, even though he can make some money from this. I think there's going to be portions of his audience that follow him, regardless of what he says, and, and jump in at late, and they will become excellent liquidity. And I think that's going to piss off some people. Um, if 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 it was me, right? But obviously, that's it's that's his own brain. He does what he wants to do. But the reality that it comes down to that is it's it is a little bit out of character. It seems like from a traditional spotty um brands type of thing um from just from what i know about him a tribe you have a better relationship with him than i do but um but yeah so i you know i think long story short you know there's we've we've seen probably 15 other coins pop up around this as a derivative in the last week or week and a half and i think we're going to continue to see meme coin season continue to ramp up but you know drew i think this goes back to what you what you always preach around memes and culture um when you can create attention, you can create a, a a following and attention around this stuff. You can make some money if you know when to get in, when and and get out, and not hold for the long run, or at least keep a smaller moon bag. But I chose not to participate in this uh, this coin. Yeah, it's a it's a you made some really great points, Jordash, and I think you know I don't want to speak on Spotty's behalf and. Uh, I don't know, Travi, maybe you can message him and get him in here so he can kind of uh, explain to us, you know, what's going through his perspective on it. But uh, the way that I kind of view his involvement in uh, in Pepe is, you know, for him, it's not going to be a, I'm going to buy a bag and I'm going to promote this thing to the moon and then, and then sell. I think it's for him, it's more of, he's going to leverage a trend, uh, leverage an opportunity for him to generate attention for what he has going on. And, um, you know, I think he's doing a really good job about it as well. You know, he's not, if you go into one of these spaces that he's hosting, he's not telling people to buy it. Um, in fact, he's really just fielding questions. And um, what's most interesting is he's also not really pushing himself in these spaces. He has like these, uh, you know, people would come up and ask him questions and, and kind of like pull it out of him, which I think is the best case scenario for him in terms of his music, what he has going on. Um he's actually celebrating other musicians and artists that come up on stage. And, uh, you know, there's people creating, there's people creating songs, whether it's like, it could be a rock song, could be R and B, could be a rap, but people are creating like songs around this Pepe movement. And, um, he's actually celebrating and empowering and showcasing these artists more so than himself and kind of being like this curator of the culture. And um, to me, it's fascinating because I think he's, you know, these spaces have 500, 600 people in it. And, um, you know, some are coming in and learning about him because this, the name of the space is just Pepe or let's chat Pepe or Pepe radio. And so uh, Jordash, I think it's a, for all that, for all that I know, he could have like ten coins, right? Like he could have ten billion. I'm sure he has ten billion, but um, I think he's leveraging the attention and the trend more so than uh, the opportunity to exit on people that he's kind of bringing up with him. 
And so in his case, you know, he could, he might never sell, but he's able to monetize and pull value from the Pepe coin movement by just being a curator of culture. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, and 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 I I, I didn't mean to miss, misspoke if I I did, I wasn't insinuating that he's going to dump on people. My I, and I hear what you say, and I think you're right, Drew. I think he can. He's definitely riding the wave of the attention to then harness that energy or that attention into the direction that he wants to. The only thing, that, and I think it goes back to the uh, you know the age old thing of you know some people believe all you know publicity or attention is good publicity, whether no matter right or wrong of how it how it plays out. My and like I always can I only can speak from like from me being in my shoes. I just know personally I wouldn't put my I wouldn't associate my brand with this with something in in this realm to the extent that he is. Not saying he's right or wrong, just saying that if you look at the track record of these altcoins and meme coins, it usually never ends very well, right? Like that's 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 what it comes down to. That is so like even though he's not pushing it even though he's not telling people to buy it, even though he may not dump a bag of coins at, on people as for exit liquidity, regardless of the people that he's bringing into this space or bringing into his spaces, they're associating him with this coin, whether he likes it or not, right? So no, now his, his, the, his brand is going to be uh, connected with this coin, no matter how good or how bad it goes in the future. If he has zero control over it, I'm just saying that I I personally wouldn't do anything like that. Not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that I, I think there's with with what his skill set is and his his ability to generate his own attention. I think that he there's opportunities to do it in a less risky way. Um, but you know, I think he's like you said. I, I don't think he's doing it in from a, uh, in a from a from a negative standpoint. I just don't think that there's. I think there's risk associated as, uh, associating your brand with a meme coin fairly from the point of it can go very, very good, or it can go very, very bad, very, very quickly. And people will tie his brain to that, depending on what side of the tracks those they lie on to, uh, based off the direction of the coin. Yeah. You kind of, you kind of reminded me of a, a quote that I've, I've heard time and time, um, is the juice worth the squeeze? And I think the other, the other factor that I've noticed about spotty Wi-Fi is, um, and Travi, maybe you can kind of chime in here too, but he seems like very for the people type of feel, right? And um, Nakamigos was another project that I got into that he also joined in and he was he was pretty vocal about that one too. And so I think he, he wants to leverage these trends, but also, um, I don't know, there's something about like being for the people with the people or um, I'm trying to think of the best way to explain it, but it's almost just like, totally for the culture which i think travi i think that's another like key component to some of these shit coins and altcoins is some of them totally are for the culture and um it, it's one of those things like why why does doge trade at what it trades at and um i heard somebody talk about i think it was yesterday or maybe it was this morning actually this morning somebody was talking about um how pepe kind of needs like a face like uh, some type of celebrity or somebody similar to what Elon has been for some of these some of these shit coins and i just don't even think i i feel like it's not possible now i feel like not only is it um potentially like a temporary solution but um over the last few years there's been like celebrities have been like hit really hard with with uh being a face or promoting some of these coins and and really like getting hit hard and and having a lot of uh, a lot of legal battles surrounding, so I don't even know if people would be interested in doing so. But um, yeah, it, it is one of those things, Jordash, where you know people like to believe that this is different. I mean, 
I can't even tell you, like to my girlfriend, I'm like the little boy who cried this is different because there's been like four or five NFT projects over the last probably six months. I've been like, team's different. Everything's different. This one's hidden different. And uh, so now when I say that, it means like nothing to her, which is like totally fair. But uh, there are some projects where you just know, you can just see the execution. And then there's some projects where if you bet on culture, you have to, like, there's a risk there to bet on culture um, because that culture can also become very toxic and people lose interest and they don't want to be associated. A lot of things that you're talking about. Um, it happens with NFT projects like way too often, whether it, it's top to bottom from the, the founding team or if it's just people don't want to be associated with a certain, you know, with a community that takes certain actions or have some kind of uh, certain message or stance. And um, so these are one of the ones where, you know, my personal, this is totally a liquidity play for me, right? Like, which feels horrible because like you mentioned, DoorDash, there's going to be, there's going to be winners and losers. Um, but I am going to hold Pepe long-term. I'm not going to completely liquidate everything because uh, I do want to see what happens in a couple of years. And, um, you know, Pepe does have, it does have that historical value that, you know, <laughs> you know, I love so much, but um, I've seen the way that the Doge meme has like taken over social. And I feel like Pepe had its place and maybe more so like internet forum type places more so like maybe the the real like nerdy parts of the internet but i feel like it hasn't gone super mainstream yet where people like know about it but they don't realize the uh the the cultural relevance it has even in this world so i'm kind of betting on that factor but uh travi what's up yeah man i mean a couple things like we definitely don't really need i, I mean elon did not do for doge what people were hoping Elon was going to do for Doge. In fact, when he went on SNL, that was it. That was the top of Doge, and, and that was it. And a lot of people bought the speculation that he was going to come on and kind of pump Doge, and he did the opposite. So, um, you know, with not not to speak for anybody, but here's what I can tell you, just kind of knowing a little bit about, you know, people who are, who are doing this Pepe Spaces, Spotty specifically. Um, you know, in terms of for the culture, like a lot of us did things, bought NFTs for for this culture, whatever this culture is, right? The NFT culture or the culture of that specific community. Um, and a lot of us are, are holding the bags, right? But, you know, don't forget too, like even before somebody like Spotty was sort of like an NFT celebrity, like he was a collector, like he got into, um, he loved things like NBA Top Shot. He had a, a punk and, and an ape and stuff. Back when the ape, I think was like 0.5. And so he does know a little a little bit about what it does does take to get into something early and, and see trends. And, you know, who knows, maybe that's a, a little bit of kind of like trying to trying to just like, you know, help people also understand it. But, you know, I checked into a space that he was doing. It, it even said no influencers welcome or something like that on it. So, you know, I think that there's a lot in there. Um, I don't think that it's really pumping it uh, other than just really just trying to have I don't know, man. I'm, <laughs> I know it sounds like I'm defending people, but I just think sometimes it's okay to have a little bit of fun in the space. Um, look, NFTs in general, as much as we don't want to admit it, a lot of them do feel like we're gambling. We we're hoping that they're going to go up uh, in value, and many of them have not. Um, you know, even his feed specifically, I know he was a doodles holder, you know, and, and had a, a lot of uh, not so nice things to say about doodles when they weren't tweeting for a while. So, you know, it's not just kind of a pumper. Um, it's also, he's also somebody who, you know, reads the market, understands trends and just kind of tries to put it out there in, in his sort of character way of doing it. But, um, you know, you mentioned also Nakamigos. I asked him specifically, I, I, I was like, did you, did you pick one up yourself or, 
you know, did someone give you one to talk about? He was like, no, nah, I like, I like what they're doing. Like I, I bought one. Like I, I had no problem doing that. So, you know, I, I think it's always, you kind of look at certain people under certain microscopes because we, you know, a lot of us put ourselves out there in, in public spaces, but um, you know, I, it, it's all about really following the person and really figuring out like who you can trust and who not to trust. So this Pepe thing is, is still early drew. So I have a lot of faith that you're going to make lots and lots of money with this. Um, no, I don't, I don't, <laughs> but maybe you will, who knows? And I hope you do. Well, Travi, I'm a Pepe billionaire. So I'm really, uh, I'm really banking on the fact that, uh, it, it will go to like one cent and, uh, you know, the rest will be history, but there, there are a couple, I will say that, and actually Spotty is the one that brought this up and I actually saw uh, a tweet, the, I think it was maybe earlier today, um, there's a few artists. So first of all, Manifold allowed Manifold allowed some of their contracts where people could actually mint the NFT with Pepe. I don't know if you guys have seen that one yet, but um, I thought that that was pretty. That, that was pretty interesting that artists were able to get paid in Pepe, and um, it kind of you know it's not exactly the same, but you know we've kind of seen this trend across even you know musicians uh, that get paid in crypto or athletes that are you know getting their salary paid in or portions of their salary paid in crypto. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool because, you know, not only, not only just like this buy sell, you know, factor, but also having this trade for, you know, or this mint for a certain NFT. And I don't know if Manifold supports, uh, audio files. I've, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but, um, I thought that was kind of interesting. That is to me, that is some type of use case utility, right? Um, because maybe people, you know, are essentially, uh, providing a service or a piece of art or an NFT for essentially pennies with the idea that, you know, they're taking this, this payment that they believe in. And so, you know, for an early supporter, it could be a really low price point for them to get in. But for the artist, I mean, that couple hundred thousand of Pepe, which, you know, isn't very much could blossom into something that maybe is valuable. So uh, that is, I don't, I don't know if I consider that a use case or a utility, but um it is interesting. And I think that the fact that Manifold put that into their, their contract building abilities was, uh, was interesting and, and a great move by them just to leverage a little bit more PR on, on a trend. But, um, Jordash, what, what are like, you know, when I think about crypto blockchain use case utilities, you think about, you know, speed of transactions, you think about, uh, stability of a coin. What would we even look for? And, in utility and like a Pepe coin. Yeah, I think it, for me, it comes down to um, the ones, the coins that I've had success with are the ones that have actually have an ecosystem built around them. So kind of like what you were just talking about a little bit where other projects build on top um, or around them that start, you know, leveraging those tokens as coins to be able to unlock other utilities of their value, et cetera. Um, I've invested quite a few in different other blockchains, layer ones as well. That, those are personally, that's kind of where I play at a little bit more. Um, I don't. I try to stay away. I, I leave all the meme stuff to you, man, because I'm I'm too old for the meme stuff, man. You're the young buck of the crew that understands all this culture stuff. So, um, you know, I try to look back. I I look for like what can I do with those coins, or what is how are they attracting people or builders in the space that start being able to leverage those tokens or accept those tokens. That's kind of where I've found success in this space a little bit more. So, you know, I'll, I will bow out to the whole um, for the culture. I'm for the profit. I try to be <laughs> worse. 
Dude, that's so fair. And uh, we had that running joke at uh, NFTMYC where it's like, if I run something by you guys and you, you guys have like no idea what I'm talking about or it doesn't make sense to you guys, that's actually when I double down and buy more. So um, yeah, these are all these are all good insights for me to uh, to pull and and uh, and kind of track my own my own journey with you know are these memes actually successful and um, I, I will say I think you know when it, when it comes to being for the memes or for the culture um, and this is something that I've seen on like Snoop Dogg's Instagram account I've seen it on like very you know people just want to share uh, positive moments and, and utilize social and, and a lot of these connection points on digital for good experiences or happy experiences or opportunities to make people smile and laugh and I think that uh, you know that is what I really enjoy about the whole meme culture is. I mean, even, I don't know if you guys feel this too, but there are like friends I don't talk to, you know, maybe we don't hop on a phone call or maybe we don't uh, text every day, but you know, we see something funny and it makes you think about somebody you send it over like that. That is kind of a new form of communication these days, especially in my generation. And um, so it's, it's one of those things where um, you just know that there's value there and you know that there's value of eyes. Um, I mean, even like these small little things, like I'm trying to think what, um, like okay, this is this is like so unrealistic for any other scenario. But Elon making the the logo of Twitter, the Doge logo, for like two days, like that will never happen in any other scenario other than this like simulation that we're living in in, in Twitter world. But little things like that, like to me, that's super exciting to to know that. Or uh, Travi, I think you mentioned um, him having some type of um, some type of showcase or reference on SNL, like. To me, that's exciting to see some of the stuff in like uh, like a pop culture or a um, a culturally relevant setting, and those are things that you know we we probably won't see these NFTs in terms of IP anywhere near our IRL for a very long time. Like I think Bored Apes, um, like that's probably pretty much the only use case that we're going to see like in, in the media or in the news, um, at least on a large scale. Where this Pepe coin has the potential to. I personally think it could be in media and people will talk about it and it could be on a news channel or news cycle, or um, I, I think it'll get to mass media much sooner than some of these other NFTs that we're collecting and trading that, you know, we're taking a part of because we maybe believe in, in a founder or believe in an ecosystem or community to kind of push forward, um, you know, some type of, of value add or entertainment or IP. Um, and I think if you, if you were to search, you know, the the cash sign Pepe on Google. I'm sure you'll get like a handful of news articles already with people talking about it. And so, to me, that's also like it's almost like being a part of something that has momentum or being a part of something that um, is much bigger than yourself in terms of like attention and attention generating opportunities for you know memes and and this culture to kind of explode across different social platforms. I think is what gets me most excited. Versus, you know, like we might know this NFT musician or NFT artist that is very, very talented. But, you know, even even the top end artists in the space right now, the ones that generate millions of dollars a year, nobody really knows about them. Right. Like you, you can't have a conversation with your friend or your family about these artists uh, in a way that they would they would understand it right away. You would have to do a lot of explaining for them to understand, like, why you would why you would even want to have a conversation about them. But um there's just something about, you know, sharing board ape because they've seen board ape before. Like, I think at this point, everybody has seen, you know, the funny JPEGs or the funny monkey JPEGs. Um, for some reason, I feel like Pepe is going to be the same. I think, I think Pepe could be, um, it could be the new sheep or the new doge. And it's, it's something that, uh, is a competing factor, which I think is good because when I think about meme coins, 
I really only think about the dogs. I don't think about any other tokens or coins. And so I think having competition in the space will be good. But uh, to me, there's something exciting knowing that this could hit Coinbase tomorrow or this weekend it could hit Coinbase and then instantly just plug in, you know, 20, 30, 40,000 more holders. Um, and yeah, part of it is financially, you know, you're, you're financially vested in someone like this, but it'll also be a part of mainstream and like, you know, being able to talk about it and be like, Oh, I, I, literally the first week that Pepe coin came out, I was able to invest in it. Like, hopefully that's a huge success story for many people with NFTs a year from now, because I think a lot of people are here and you know, we're, we were early and, but we weren't early enough to like be early, early where it was uh, it was generational wealth changing type of early. And so um, I, I guess that's, that's what excites me the most. Jordash is I've never, I've never been super early in things. So like being early to Nakamigos, like that was super fun being early to uh, being early to Pepe, which I know most people don't even feel like they're early because they've seen like some of the conversion rates that people have been posting on Twitter over the last couple of days. And it's like mind blowing just for being like the first uh, couple hundred wallets to, to be into, uh, into Pepe. But I personally think this is something that could last if people continue to chat about it, talk about it. Um, but hopefully it doesn't turn into that, uh, you know, what's that one that there's one coin that like a lot of people that I know got into, um, the the safe the safe moon coin i don't know if either of you or or anybody up here has gotten into that but that was like a token that i had no idea about but like normies were talking about it and they were kind of viewing that as that their opportunity for generational wealth um and so i know people are interested in things like this people are always going to be interested in uh in a get rich quick type of opportunity if they can throw like a hundred dollars or five hundred dollars and potentially pay out but um i don't know does that does that resonate with any of you guys I mean, getting in early is something that we all kind of wish or thought maybe we were doing. And I feel like some people just say, like, you really only got to hit once. And so I could totally understand why people would want to get into something and continue to push it and continue to, you know, rally a community around it. Um, you know, the, the market's been rough, especially if you got in, you know, in 2021 and, and we're expecting it to go on a trajectory that I know a lot of you know, people who chart the the coins and stuff were predicting. I mean, there's a lot of people I tune into every morning, like Sheldon the Sniper is one, um, you know, and, and Crypto Man Rand and, and all these all these people who I think are brilliant, right? But um, they didn't know that our, you know, <laughs> hate to say it, but our, our government was going to rug us and, uh, you know, kind of pull it out. And next thing we knew, stuff was, was tanking when we thought ETH was going to go to what, 10? And uh, Bitcoin was going to go to 100? So... Who knows, man? I mean, I'm excited about a lot of things in this space. I'm excited about art. I'm excited about music. I'm excited about things that we can do together. But, you know, Drew, I don't know, man. Maybe you are getting us a little excited about Pepe. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe we'll buy some. That's that's honestly, I just, I feel like I'm constantly trying to, uh, trying to like light the spark in you guys and, and getting just, just like a sliver of, of DJ activity, just like a little bit of, I don't know. Like me and Jordan were talking about this in, in New York. It's like, if it totally makes sense, if it's a great business decision, if the team's strong, like it doesn't always work out. Like it, everything that makes sense in NFTs and Web3, like typically are the ones that, uh, that don't generate the best results. It's, it's usually the ones where everybody's kind of scratching their head. So uh, I don't know. I've been very open-minded, you know, going into this world, especially kind of learning that early that uh, things that make sense don't really uh, make sense for us to get involved in. But um there's another thing. I, oh yeah. So Travi, I totally agree with you. I think music, I mean, music has been such a big one in terms of like success stories and um, artists who maybe 
um, maybe felt like it was it was going to be too tough to kind of crack and build themselves and build their brand and build an audience and build uh, in the music world uh, until NFTs and Web3. And um, there's just really, there's just amazing stories that we've seen coming through, especially, you know, be able to catch up with some people in person and, and, and uh, NYC. But I saw Sammy Ariaga had like this, I don't even know exactly what it was, but it was like a, it was like a California cheese or California milk commercial. And it was like a, it was like a commercial that you would see on TV. And I was just like, damn, it's so amazing to see um, how he's able to kind of leverage and, and build. And um, when we ran into when we ran into Sammy in person, he talked about how uh, he's also in this mode that he wants to help other artists kind of leverage and uh, start building in this world. And so it's really cool to see him kind of like kind of build the way for himself and then now look to uh, help others get involved and uh, understand how they can take a different path or maybe a non-traditional path and see massive success not just from like revenue generating, but also he has so many fans and he has so many people that pay attention to his music now that, that weren't paying attention before, not because they didn't you know, weren't liking it, but just because they didn't have this, uh, this tie to him or have this path and awareness to him. And so, um, I think his music is incredible. Uh, I think spotty Wi-Fi's music is incredible. Uh, what I've heard either of them prior to NFTs and web three, I don't know, like that's a, that's a huge question mark. So they've kind of really built this path to allow them to, uh, honestly just have a platform and have a showcase and um yeah two artists that i I really genuinely enjoy listening to and so um things like that are incredible to me like they were able to create a sustainable career they're able to uh build more relations with more people because of their platform and um yeah sammy's doing commercials now like (laughs) to me that's super cool um so I, i totally agree with you that there is still so much opportunity for creators um, but it's tough. Like, uh, there's a handful of artists that, uh, you know, I've tried to kind of push along the way, but, um, maybe they don't fully immerse themselves into the culture. And so it's a little bit tough for them to try to network and build and find collectors. And, uh, it becomes maybe more of an expense for them to be in the space than an opportunity for them to be sustainable. But, um, that's what I love about these other stories. Like you mentioned Spotty was a collector, you know, prior to, to building in the space. And I think that it's not a necessity, but I think it's, it's something that allows you to understand how you you want to position yourself to find success in the space. Um, but yes, Travi, I totally agree with you that you know we we felt like we were so early, and what sucks about it is I feel like we we're just months off from like if we would have leaned in just like a little bit harder a couple months previous that um, you know I think we would have been we've been sitting kind of pretty with, you know, better investments or at least investments that are providing utility to holders, you know, long-term. The craziest part to me to reflect is so many people, especially within the last couple of months um, are not being rewarded for holding and, and being a loyal holder. And uh, you know, there's kind of this saying of like, you know, if you didn't take profits that you you kind of screwed yourself by holding long-term and um, there's just like way too many stories like that. And that's what kind of scares me about the space a little bit, because um, you know, a lot of things that we push are, you know, if you're a loyal holder, if you get, if you get in the right projects with the right timing, that, you know, there's going to be a lot of value to be, um, to be pulled for, for just being loyal and holding. And uh, there's even that, you know, people always talked about hold, hold, hold. And, um, it just wasn't the case, especially this year, and and to the point where some of these things that you're holding, uh, you know, maybe teams <laughs> got distracted, or teams decided that it wasn't for them anymore. And uh, next thing you know, you're like you're hold, you're literally holding these, these things to zero. So, um, uh, Jordash, I definitely agree with you that you know you have to. And this is something that I've 
you just have to learn or else like you'll keep getting wrecked is you have to be willing to sell. And, you know, I think that's what the toughest part for me is knowing when to sell and when to buy means you got to be pretty plugged in. And now you have to decide, do I want to spend my time tracking these things on a day-to-day basis, listening to spaces, understanding the trends, understanding the, you know, what's going on, the announcements is spending that time going to be worth it, you know, for how you want to make your money. And so um, that's, for me, that's like the biggest internal struggle is like, do I want to keep paying attention or do I want to focus on things that uh, I know are going to be good for me for the long term? And uh, so I kind of always have this internal battle of, uh, you know, DJ plays versus let's find a team that I want to support. And um, maybe this money that I'm holding now, you know, you have a little more trust and in putting into something where they're building something at such a high level or such a level of execution that it, it might be better than, uh, than you just holding on to that, uh, you know, just holding on to that, um, the, uh, just safeguarding it. Right. So that's something that I constantly battle with, but uh, true, true. I, I, I've, I've actually, I have a point to kind of piggyback off that if, if it's cool for just a sec. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. So I think a lot of, the, the dichotomy in this right now is, you know, are we looking to get into, you know, are, are we looking at it from the trader's point of view, which I think probably 90 some odd percent are looking at it as a as an avenue to make money, right? As an av- opportunity to flip and flip up and, and do those kind of things. I think a lot of people look at it that way. There's also the other perspective. And, and I, I do look at it from both. And I wish like you said, I had taken profits before things started to dip down and teams that you and I maybe knew and loved um, are no longer with us. But one thing I did start to think about was when I realized, and Fanzo could speak a lot to the, well, oh, he, I think he just dropped down. But as an artist, I think Fanzo could probably speak a lot to this too, because, you know, I was looking a lot at what was going to be coming on with open seas and all the royalties. And a lot of people were predicting that a lot of the projects were going to go to zero. Because they didn't think that, you know, the teams would be able to, you know, provide payments or keep a team on board or, you know, carry out any of the deliverables or continue on with the roadmaps and yada, yada, yada. But like to me, like I, I am not, (laughs) we are not the same as they say. So, you know, I, like I said, I wish that I had sometimes taken more profits, but I really didn't get into the NFTs specifically for that. I got in, you know, the crypto side for that. But NFTs, like I loved art and music in real life, even way before I discovered NFTs. And so I, I thought to myself, like, what are some really cool things I can do to support artists in this new space that I love? And so I transitioned away from, you know, may, maybe buying more IRL art and buying more digital art. And like that opened up a whole new rabbit hole for me where I'm able to learn about new artists and connect with them. And, um, and, and many of them are fine artists in real life. But like to your point earlier, I think if you have a skill that you're already doing or you already have in real life and it translates well to the NFT space and Web3 space, then it makes sense, you know, but trying to just, I feel like convince somebody to say, hey, you can make a lot of money in this space and they're just kind of like, eh, about it, then then it doesn't make as much sense. But, you know, I mean, there's someone even listening here. I think I just collected um, Houston, David Houston. He's in the audience now. Like one of his, he's only got like 20 out, um, one of his. Uh, like limited edition stuff. And this is like a 3D like video thing. I'm just like, holy cow, I can never even, I can never buy this in real life. So it has opened up a lot of doors for me in the art appreciator side. I could say that, but you're right on the other hand, where it's kind of like, what teams do you invest in? What teams do you think about? 
And hey, they can't all be bulls and apes project. Am I right? I mean, that's one that came out and has been consistent the whole way through. Shout out, Tess. Um, and meta athletes, true. Everything you're doing and continuing to provide value. So you just kind of wish that people would be able to save the course more. But I've seen burnt out. I've seen burnout. I've seen people I respected a lot in the space get burnt out and not want to continue on anymore. So a little bit sad on that side. But it, again, bro, it is there is a dichotomy to it. Yeah, I think everybody um, everybody has their reasons and uh, for for both wanting to get involved and participating in the space. And um, yeah, Travi, I think you know you're one of the best examples of uh, there's there's more purpose behind it than just um, than just making money and just earning money or or having you know additional streams or even passive income. And I think what's interesting is. I got involved in crypto in 2017, just messing around, just thinking that uh, it, it could, you know, things could moon or this could be the next Bitcoin or, um, yeah, there's technology here, but we don't even understand the technology. We're kind of just getting involved. And um, the community aspect to this all is is also another huge factor, right? Like, and I think that with, especially with these meme coins, that community could be a factor of why people stick around and why this coin becomes something long-term. And I know we're going back to these meme coins, but in my opinion, like it's kind of all the same, like NFTs, meme coins, um, like with meta athletes, meta athletes, like there's never been an, you know, really early there was times where I'm like, man, maybe this isn't going to work out. Um, the minute that we found a mission that was worth pursuing for both the team, like myself that also the community could get behind is like ever since then, it, it never was a, it, it never was more of the business pursuit that I think we first envisioned it to be. And it became more of a community centric kind of mission. And it's one of the things that I think for me is most impactful because even today, like I'm so grateful, like people today, even like a year later after Holy Meta Athletes is still like really grateful that, you know, we're around grateful for what we're building and, and the people that we're bringing together. And, you know, I've kind of always said this from the beginning, but if we're going to spend this much time in NFTs and Web3 and spaces and all these things, Discord, that um, we should at least generate and build like really strong relations and want to build relations with the people that are here, right? And so um, like you, Travi, Jordash, I mean, Fanzo, Hercrypt, honestly, everybody in the space, um, it, to me, that's the biggest benefit. And Jordash, you know, just listened to the podcast that you did with Katie the other day. I think it was yesterday or maybe the day before. And, um, you know, I used to constantly say the word networking. Like, I love to network. I'm, I'm joining this community. I'm buying this NFT to network. Um, but I love your 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 quick, like, mindset, like, perspective of getting away from the term networking and, and more so on building, you know, powerful relationships that's ultimately what, like, that's why I love this space is because I can meet, you know, amazing minds like both of you. I can meet artists, musicians, uh, can meet athletes, coaches. I mean, some of these coaches that are like building on a daily basis with me and meta athletes are people I met in NFTs and Web3. Like Coach B, man, we've talked every single day for almost a year. And it's somebody I met. It's not like I had this connection, this relationship prior to NFTs. It was built in NFTs in probably a rug somewhere where we're like, Hey, I saw you're a coach. Hey, I saw your Billy meta athletes. Um, and so that's, what's most amazing to me. Like me and coaches B's relationship, like that's why I'm in NFTs and web three. And you know, there's a lot of great people that I love connect, like Tess. me and Tess constantly chat. Um, so many great conversations. And I genuinely enjoy spending my time here 
knowing that I can build relationships with people that, um, you know, have similar values, have, uh, have, have a passion to grow, learn, develop. And, um, yeah, so I, I totally agree with you, you know, like music brought you, you know, music and artists, you know, brought you in and you kind of viewed it as a new way. Like I viewed NFTs as a way for like, even, even from the get go, um, really first hearing about it from Gary V in his podcast, thinking like, this is a cool way for me to potentially meet Gary V or, or chat with Gary V or connect with them. And uh, I've met so many great people along the way that it would be really, really tough for me to try to, you know, buy a little bit of time or, or trying to build a relationship with them, maybe just from social media. But um, on NFT, you know, in NFT land, it, it kind of put us in the same playing field for us to be able to connect on a little bit of an easier basis. But uh, Craig, I saw you popped up, so I want to shoot over to you. Oh, guess not. Um, but yeah, you know, basically what I was, where I was heading with that, Jordash, is, you know, relationships are like key for me in this world. And so if uh, I don't know, Jordash, I don't know if you guys tweeted about it or maybe we can we can throw it up. But um, it's definitely worth listening to or if anybody's interested in listening to a podcast that Jordash did with uh, Katie Brinkley on um, what you call it, Jordash? Power, power relationships or power partners. Um, really great podcast episode. Yeah, yeah, it's it's I, I can it's power friends and power partners, right? I think there's two different kind of buckets you can build, but you know, and, and you when I talk, you know, you always hear me. I'm talking about you know making profit, etc. And I, it's it's half joking, but it's half serious. But at the same time, you're 100 percent right because you know, I always say history doesn't repeat itself, but it leaves clues. And being able to have access to the people you have access to right now, being able to um, have a connection, a connecting point is what we call it, which is NFTs, Web three, etc you're not going to be able to get the access to these people in two, three, four, five years, right? So the relationships that you're building now, um, it all, you can create relationships very, very quickly and very, very powerful. And you guys are going to go on this journey together, which is only going to strengthen the relationship as this space continues to expand. So you're 100% right, Drew. I think that's the beautiful thing about this space right now and us who are still here in the space, regardless of market sediment, regardless of floor prices, regardless of, you know, rugs left, rugs right, et cetera. We understand that we're here truly for the long term and we can start forming the relationships that we form now. Obviously, you know, Drew, I come, you know, I come from the, and we're both in the same similar space, the digital marketing space, the online space. And, you know, I look at the people like the Amy Porterfields of the world, the uh, the Jeff Walkers of the world, those those types of people that are kind of the industry leaders right now. They were all early. Like it all comes from an early group of people that became friends early on in the space that kind of grew up in the space. Right. It's the same concept of they used to they call it the PayPal mafia or whatever it was. It was the Peter Thiel's. It was the Elon Musk, the et cetera. Right. That was early on in the e-com space or when the in the P2P space in the early 2000s, right? They were all passionate about creating that offer, creating that product, creating that business. And then obviously they went on and done some amazing, amazing things on this world. Well, obviously besides, you know, Elon Ruin and Twitter right now. But all jokes aside, that's where we're gonna ha- we're gonna be able to tell those same stories with the people that we're building relationships with now. And that's why it's it's beautiful to stay in this space now is because of the people that you're able to access and start building a connection around. It's such a good point, and um, yeah, that that like you just encapsulated like why I feel so bullish on being here and participating versus um, you know like having a success story of like not every like not everybody feels this way but a success story of like what i was able to extract from the space during this time or like we made this amount during this time um 
you know, the people that we meet along the way, I think is, is super significant to why we do things and what our future looks like. And, um, I was able to really learn this perspective really early. I'm, I'm super grateful to understand, you know, what it means to truly build relations and, um, and you know, why people buy things, why people, why people want to do business with you, why people want to hire you. And, um, a lot of it comes down to building that, that, that relationship to the point where people trust you at a very high level. Right. And, um, so that absolutely is what I'm all about. Um, you know, I think that it's, it's one of those things where there is a certain level of vision, you know, to be somebody that truly values networking, you know, not that you expect it to come back to you or expect it to come back to you in an ROI or tenfold, you know, down the road, but you do have to be a visionary to like do some of these things and kind of be built almost like built on karma. But, um, George, I couldn't agree more. Great episode. If anybody's interested in the episode, just DM me and I'll shoot you over the link. I, uh, I gotta go grab it from my, from my podcast app. Um, but, uh, guys, great Wednesday. Um, I was glad that I'm able to kind of get some stuff off my chest on Pepe. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying go and buy it or, or go buy billions worth of Pepe, but, um, I think it is interesting. And I think that, uh, that people are going to continue to talk about it, build around it. Um, and, I think we're seeing this with Nakamigos that there's a lot of hype that came in. There's a lot of announcements that came in, but uh, ultimately it's up to the community, right? The community can either let it get toxic and let us get distracted. And, you know, there's all these scams that are going around Nakamigos and different tokens and coins. And uh, these coins are being tracked to the people that were building community earliest on spaces for Nakamigos. And so it's, it's super interesting to watch it kind of like have its heyday and, and watch the like there's no announcements nothing has been you know it's not like the team did anything stupid stupid or silly or um it kind of is imploding a little bit in my opinion from within and um so i think pepe is another it'll be another case study of you know can the community continue to build will people like spotty wi-fi continue to to build culture and host conversations and host spaces around it um it's it's a new world right like the last thing I'll mention, George Ash, is how technology is changing the way that we think about some of these things in the in the sense of, you know, when when Doge and Shiba first came around, I think maybe people were in Reddit forums and they're chatting in like these different forums, internet forums. Um, maybe there were Instagram, you know, groups and, and maybe there's chatter on Twitter, but um, you know, there hasn't been like a and I think we saw this with Board Apes too with the Rise of Clubhouse, but the opportunity to, you know, deliver a message and start to build a community in like literally a couple of days, I think is unheard of today, right? Like to open up a space and have 500 people join your space, listen, and potentially be influenced in a day, you know, isn't really something that we saw unless you were Fanzo using some of these early, early live video channels where people could hop in and, and listen to him. But um, I think it is a huge factor. I think spaces, uh, we saw it with NFTs and clubhouse, but I think spaces and some of these coins, I really think it's why Nakamigos like really started to pop off is because I would wake up at 7am and there's a space going because they were still going from the night before. And like, it, it just never ended. Like they just, every single day there's a Nakamigos space. And I think it did a lot for being able to rally people together and build a community almost overnight in the sense of truly hearing some of the conviction in people's voices. But um, I'll kind of leave it at that. Incredible Wednesday. Thank you guys for the chat. This was really insightful for me. I love hearing you guys' perspectives. Uh, Travi, Jordash, anything you want to leave the people with? Um, sure, yeah. First of all, if you're not following Jordash, please give him a follow. Jordash had one of the most captivating um, speeches or 
uh, pre- presentations at NFT NYC. And, you know, you did mention a little bit about NFT NYC. You probably recapped that a little bit um, on previous episodes. But my, I think my favorite thing about NFT NYC, besides seeing all the art being represented, besides seeing all the music events everywhere, which I, I speak a little bit about on my um, on the recent podcast I put out, but it was seeing you guys. It was seeing you guys again. And I, I think that there's nothing more powerful than getting together. You know, like you said, Jordash, was a, the touch point is Web3. But, you know, sometimes it's cool to have a touch point, be a high five or a handshake or or a hug. And, and those are the things that, you know, you don't get through the Twitter dramas and the Discord dramas, especially. Um, you know, I, I just loved having a chance to see everybody and continuing to, to build, whether it's on a Twitter space or in our side chats or at the next, you know, the next IRL event. And just remember, you know, no matter who you are, there's, there's some, there's a real person behind that PFP. So docs are undocs. There's, there's somebody there. So let's try to be a good person. Let's try to bring one love to Web3. Um, and keep the culture positive, if we could. Man, I can't follow that, Travi. That's that's that was too too good, man. The only thing I would say, man, I'm just I'm just curious when uh, when Drew's gonna start that Alpha Channel, man. Drew's the one I feel like is making all the profit in the space, man, and he doesn't share any of the uh, the goodness with us until uh, you know he wants us to be his extra liquidity. So that's all I'm waiting for that, Drew. You know, I usually text you about two to three three days after uh, after I get involved, just in case. But I'll, the last thing I'll say to that, Jordash, is uh, one, I'm not making a ton. And if I am, it's it's going either uh, right back in the meta athletes or or projects that, you know, I, I truly trust, which you know all about because I was pretty much in your ear for a whole week about. But um, the one thing that I've been telling people, and I know it's like, it, it's tough, but like, Cause you don't like when you get burned so many times, like you just don't want to participate anymore. But my whole thing, I've been kind of saying this for the last few weeks is like to get the hits, you just have to keep swinging the bat. Right. And so, I mean, I've been, I've been consistently buying and selling NFTs since like literally since I got in, since, since I uh, went on that first trip with Fanzo and uh, you know, he kind of like shared that bug with me to, uh, to really start buying some of these things. But um, yeah, like I, you know, when I think about, I mean, I've had some pretty serious kind of like internal, internal like strife with, is this space going to be around forever? Are people going to like, is this going to be around in two to three years or four years? Or like, is this going to kind of die out and people kind of chalk this up as like a super Ponzi? Um, but I don't know, like when I think of, when I compare it to other spaces, I like, it's not that far off from like the trading card industry. It's not that far off from, you know, people are talking about how you can't build IP from just being around, but I don't know. I've seen dolls on target shelves or, you know, when, when I was a kid, it would just be a doll on the shelf. Like there was no TV show. There's no movie. There was just like instant IP being built and, and awareness and attraction to, uh, to a certain doll. I'm like, why couldn't we have that, you know, with, with some of these products? I mean, it's not going to be every single team that launches something, but there's going to be a handful of projects that, you know, they just get picked up and they, they get a chance to, to have an opportunity to, to be in front of a lot of people. And, the market will tell us if this is going to be something that people care about or not. But um, I don't know. I want to keep participating. I want to keep playing the game. Um, it's fun for me. And it's, it could be gone, right? It could be, but um, I don't know. I, I think that the, the rise of digital assets, you know, it just needs to find its stability point. But uh, George, I saw you un- unmuted. If you want to throw something in before we close up. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I think wait, that scenario that you were talking about, I think we all go through that scenario, right? I think there's, it's easy to get um, 
to look out what's right in front of us and say, holy crap, like, you know, this is down, this is down, I'm not making any money, et cetera. But one thing that you said is 100% correctly, right? Like, it's the same thing from um, if you're an angel investor or if you're investing in startups or whatever it is, you only need one or two of them to hit, right? You're investing in 10, eight of them are going to fail, one, two are going to hit and cover your losses, et cetera. But on the flip side, though, too, you got to remember that it's a um, it's a space where we don't know we don't know, like we don't know what we don't know right now. And I think there's, we're not even at the tip of the iceberg of what this technology is going to allow us to untap um, as a society, as consumers, as creators, as builders. And I think we're at this stage along the the technology adoption curve where um, there's not a lot of monetization in it right now because we're still trying to figure out the best way to build with it. But on the flip side, what gets me through these periods, Drew, personally, is this is where, you know, you hear me say before, follow the money, where I start seeing big brands, big companies with millions and millions of dollars that look at trends, that look at research, that let that understand what's happening or products they're building for the next three, five, seven, ten years. And they're investing in this technology. And we see this happen all the time. And some of them are successful, some of them are not, right? We understand there's a difference between launching successfully in Web3 and, and just trying to push your Web2 into Web3. But irregardless, they're not investing in this technology. They don't truly see the fundamental shift that this is going to have on consumer behaviors, on customer experiences, on how they're going to be interacting with brands and or how we're going to be interacting with brands and they're going to be interacting with us and ownership of data, et cetera. So that's what gets me through to say, I'm here for the long run. I'm, I'm, yes, it sucks. We're all not, you know, we're not in the green. We're not in a bull market, but the reality that it comes down to this, we're going to look back in two, three, four, five years and laugh at the periods and laugh at the things that we we thought was uh, the maximum potential or the utilities of the stuff because we're just not aware of it yet or hardware or software hasn't caught up to it yet. So that's what gets me through this. And this is just part of playing in a in an emerging technology space. And we see this happen in other technologies. I, I, was, I was literally on a panel this week in uh, California and I was talking to the audience and I was like, how many of you guys remember um, – buying anything online in the early 2000s, everybody raised their hand. And I was like, how many of you guys remember when you or somebody around you told yourself that you're never going to buy anything online because you put your credit card line, it's a scam, and you're going to get scammed, right? It's the same thing that was happening in the early 2000s where like, I'm never buying anything online. I'm never putting my credit card or my banking information online. And now we buy things with our watch. Now we buy things with our mobile phones, right? It, it took it took us a, a, you know until Apple came out and they made the user experience and the devices and the hardware and made it easy for us to understand the use case, not so much on the technology. That's when it, it started getting mass adoption. So I think we're st- this we're still in a shift of consumer behavior of where this technology is really going to – this is not a, a, a minor tweak or this is not a minor adoption of technology in society. This is one of these major shifts that happens every couple decades. And we're just in the – we are in the beginning stages of figuring out how this fits into the life and user behaviors um, and, and how we're going to be growing with that. So that's what gets me through – Yes, some rugs suck. Yes, this is. But those are, you know, you've heard me say this before. These are the stupid taxes that we're paying now to understand the technology, understand how this stuff works, understand how we can build the right relationships with the right people, because we're, we're going to get paid off in the long run if you stick with it versus if you're just short-sighted and say, you know what, I lost or somebody rugged me or whatever. I'm out. I'm never going to do this again. That's allowing somebody else to control your emotions versus you sitting back and understanding and, and critically thinking of how is this really going to change society and users' behavior. And that's where the true value is when we truly unlock that stuff.
Dude, I, I could not agree more. And uh, there's so many great things that popped up when um, when you're kind of dishing that out. You know, something that I've been a lot more conscious of, of myself, my actions, like my participation, my kind of like, not vote for the space, but like my, I guess, like my contribution to the space. And it's really a benefit or not, not benefit. It, I can attribute it back to you and Fanzo. Uh, Fanzo pushing me onto Starbucks, which which is crazy because I swear to God, I was the first five or 10 people to sign up for the beta program. I was so early to that beta program, but somewhere along the way I, I missed out on the uh, the confirmation and the sign up process, but um, I'm in now to Starbucks and I actually, I, I got plugged in the other day when we took a trip to target and, uh, and you two DoorDash, like kind of give me a heads up on, uh, on dot swoosh and, and Nike's program. And, you know, part of me was like, and this is crazy because like, you know, you think about it. I'm like, I'm over here preaching. Like we're not, we're not late to Pepe, but I felt like I was late to Starbucks. I felt like I was late to Nike. And for some reason I just wasn't as excited because I knew I missed out on some of these first drops, but um, I had this, it was pretty much walking away from Starbucks with Fanzo. When we went to that community meetup that you missed out on Jordash. But um, I had this like moment where I'm like, shit, like if I really want to push the space forward, like, I need to be, I need to be supporting and, and participating in these ecosystems because if Nike fails and Starbucks fails, like this is going to push back everything like years in terms of, you know, people having trust and people understanding. And, um, there's a handful of people I've been talking to where maybe they're significant other or girlfriends, or, you know, they don't understand this whole world or why we're spending so much time here. And I'm like, man, maybe we should st share the Starbucks, you know, rewards program with them and they could realize that they could be heavily rewarded and even sell things just from being an active customer that they're already doing. Um, so, you know, they, they might be earning free drinks and they might be earning <clears throat> things like that, but, um, to earn like a stamp, a digital collectible that has demand for it on a secondary marketplace, I think is, a it's an amazing, uh, case study. It's an amazing, um, opportunity for us to learn, like you mentioned, DoorDash, about some of these uh, consumer behaviors and what it means to have these types of behaviors synced up with a digital asset. And um, so I signed up for Nike Swoosh. I got it all plugged in. I think I missed the the poster drop, but now I'm ready for anything moving, you know, moving forward in the future. And um, yeah, so I think if, if there's anything that I think, you know, I would love for people to take away from at least, you know, hearing us talk for almost an hour is, um, yeah, you guys can pass on Pepe. You know, like Pepe is not that significant in the, the grand scheme of things. Maybe it will be uh, a year from now or three years from now. But I think that there is one takeaway is that we should be participating and we should be supporting um, Starbucks and, and Nike and brands like this um, because we truly need them to win. Right. Like they, they have to win and they have to. They're the ones that have the opportunity to pull, you know, incredible analytics and data and to support like everything that we're doing. Right. So um, I think having big wins at that level, which, you know, maybe people don't want to support big brands, but um, like I, I was talking to one of my friends and they're like, you know, I, I make my coffee at home. I support local roasteries. Like I, I don't want to get involved in the Starbucks NFT. And I was like, that's totally fair. Like I totally understand that. But even if you did so in the, in the fact of, you know, potentially helping this brand, you know, gain a little bit more traction and, um, because I, I do feel like that. I do feel like it would be a major loss for the whole space and, and this whole evolution of web if brands like them, you know, aren't able to figure it out or make it, uh, le you know, to legitimize having these assets as a as a true um, 
to, as something that's just significant in the in the world of you know being a loyal customer or being a a loyal member to a brand like um we'll see what happens with amazon but you know that's another that's another great use case and, and case study that i think will come from nfts and web3 is not them just being a marketplace but um but for people to be rewarded for consistently being a top end Amazon, you know, user. And um, I know that this household will definitely benefit and hopefully get a ton of stamps from, from Amazon NFT. But uh, me and fans are still waiting for Chipotle too. Like that's another great use, use case and study, which I personally think that they're already built for and, and everything is already kind of set up. But uh, fans, I saw you popped up. I know that you had some, some uh, signal troubles, but we're going to close up. I wanted you to give you a chance to chime in if you had anything for us. If you're here, there we go. Yeah, I'm here. I've been here. Um, yeah, go Pepe for for Drew. I'm cheering on Pepe and Hespola and Nakamigos um, and in betweeners uh, on uh, on team. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I I love the I love that your excitement for it. So uh, I'm not here to poop on a parade. Uh, you know, I it's not my game. I I muted uh dollar sign pepe three days ago not before i knew that you were even playing into it uh only because uh it reminds me of my poker days uh you know i for for two years i played you know full-time poker and always everybody would say i can't believe you're full-time gambling and i would tell them no i don't gamble i i haven't gambled in two years that i've went to vegas because uh i didn't play blackjack i didn't play the slots uh i didn't play roulette uh i played against people i sat down on a poker table and i always looked like that was where my game was um, and I feel like I knew early on that like the the crypto you know altcoin space feel for me felt a lot more like blackjack. And I know a bunch of my friends that make really damn good money on blackjack, and they're freaking awesome. Like they and I know the I know the mechanics of the game. I understand all of the math of it. I, I funny enough like because you sit around with poker degens, like poker degens for a break, we go play blackjack, which sounds like. NFT gens taking a break and going and playing with altcoins. It's like a very similar um, world, but I suck. Like the only time I put money in the blackjack, I don't think I've ever in my entire gambling life have ever left the, that world with more money on like from blackjack than what I sat down with yet poker is the opposite, right? So I, I kind of stay out of the altcoin and, and even the crypto space as a, you know, as a weird segue, like I want ETH to go up uh, because I have all of my ETH stored in these really shitty JPEGs, but um, for from a whole, like I like I like that there's energy here, and in a weird way, you know, like I'm not anti altcoin in the sense of it keeps people active, right? And we need activity in the space and energy in the space. I am anti altcoin if people associate NFTs and their value as the same as an altcoin, because when my dad talks about Shibu Shiba Inu. And like, that's where my dad's, all of his freaking money is in. And I just don't, I like, we're playing two different games, like where his money is and where I'm investing my time. So yeah, that's just my thought. I mean, I, I, I love that their energy there. I mean, it's cool that we're on stage with a, a Pepe billionaire. I'm not sure I had that on my, on my dance card for 2023. So I, I tip my hat to you on that, Drew. And, you know, I, I liked it. I, like I said, I like the energy. I, I, I agree with you on the brand side. Like it's interesting on on brands being in this space but at the same time like i mean jordash was in here playing with eth when it was uh you know it was a three-digit uh crypto and like i know for a fact that if i was in when jordash was in one eth i would have sold that shit when i hit a thousand bucks and then hated my life when it was 
at four thousand bucks and then brag to everybody that I'm a smart motherfucker when it's eighteen hundred dollars. So like, I don't know. I just for me like I'm, you know, a lesson that I think I'm trying to learn uh, in this space and uh, even in NFTs is like I just need to stop playing outside of like my knowledge lane and my expertise because all I'm doing is getting wrecked uh, playing in this uh, these NFTs that are outside of my you know like even like the gaming stuff and like. Like at this point, I'm like, you know what? If I don't understand enough of the mechanics and I don't believe it's onboarding either my style of people, like I'm getting the hell out. Like I, I just, I, I, I just can't see it that other way. But yeah, I, good stuff. I, I've enjoyed the conversation. I, I had a good signal for a little bit, but then uh, you were talking Pepe, and I was, I didn't want to, I didn't want to poop on the parade on that side. So then I, I finally got home. But yeah, this was a good conversation, and uh, I'll have to go check out Katie and Jordash's. Uh, interview i know that'll be a, a good one to listen to and uh go pepe yeah it was uh it was a great episode by them too and um yeah even this conversation like chatting with you both and, and travi i think we should probably be hosting conversations around starbucks and hosting conversations around nike and, and not necessarily on twitter spaces either but um like i'm thinking that you know people would view these things especially with with any kind of touch point or relation or within your guys's network if you guys did uh i know you guys have done some episodes for the podcast but um i, I feel like something really and even in in the lines of like setting up a meeting or setting up a a video demonstration of like onboarding onto starbucks i think a lot of our like that's the one nft that i feel like i could shoot out to my whole network or post on instagram and people would be like actually interested in hearing especially if they're already going to starbucks multiple times a week so i don't know it's a uh, good content ideas that are, that are stemming from this conversation but uh fanzo appreciate you for coming up uh we we're just about to pop off but uh let's set up some more spaces i know friday i'm hosting a space with knights of dgen and vayner sports pass um I'm going to, I'm going to drop the link for that later tonight. So we can kind of continue the conversation there. If you guys want to join us for that one on Friday, but, uh, otherwise appreciate everybody for showing up. Um, thanks for everybody in the audience and, uh, appreciate you guys and chat soon.